Section 18 of Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Yvonne Theodore. Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 6 by giorgio vasari translated by gaston du c de Vere, section eighteen life of perina del vaga painter of florence part two there was in the city of rome at that time the goldsmith piloto who was much the friend and intimate companion of perino and he was desirous of departing and so one morning as they were breakfasting together he persuaded perino to take himself off and go to florence on the ground that it was many years since he had been there and it could not but bring him great honor to make himself known there and to leave some example of his excellence in that city saying also that although andrea de seri and his wife who had brought him up were dead nevertheless as a native of that country if he had no possessions there he had his love for it wherefore after no long time one morning perino and piloto departed and set out on the way to florence and when they arrived there perino took the greatest pleasure in seeing once again the old works painted by the masters of the past which had been as a school to him in the days of his boyhood and likewise those of the masters then living who were the most celebrated and held to be the best in that city in which through the interest of friends a work was allotted to him as will be related below it happened one day that many craftsmen having assembled in his presence to do him honour painters sculptors architects goldsmiths and carvers in wood and marble who had gathered together according to the ancient custom some to see perino to keep him company and to hear what he had to say many to learn what difference in practice there might be between the craftsmen of rome and those of florence but most of them to hear the praise and censure that craftsmen are wont often to give to one another it happened i say that thus discoursing together of one thing and another and examining the works both ancient and modern in the various churches they came to that of the carmine in order to see the chapel of masaccio there every one gazed attentively at the paintings and many various opinions were uttered in praise of that master all declaring that they marvelled that he should have possessed so much judgment as to be able in those days without seeing anything but the work of giotto to work with so much of the modern manner in the design in the colouring and in the imitation of nature and that he should have solved the difficulties of his art in a manner so facile not to mention that among all those who had worked at painting there had not as yet been one who had equalled him in strength of relief in resoluteness and in mastery of execution this kind of discourse much pleased perino and to all those craftsmen who spoke thus he answered in these words i do not deny that what you say and even more may be true but that there is no one among us who can equal this manner that i will deny with my last breath nay i will declare if i may say it with the permission of the company not in contempt but from a desire for the truth for that i know many both more resolute and richer in grace whose works are no less lifelike in the painting than these and even much more beautiful and i by your leave i who am not the first in this art 
and grieved that there is no space near these works wherein i might be able to paint a figure for before departing from florence i would make a trial beside one of these figures likewise in fresco to the end that you might see by comparison whether there be not among the moderns one who has equalled him among their number was a master who was held to be the first painter in florence and he being curious to see the work of perino and perhaps wishing to lower his pride put forward an idea of his own which was this although said he all the space here is full yet since you have such a fancy which is certainly a good one and worthy of praise there on the opposite side where there is the saint paul by his hand a figure no less good and beautiful than any other in the chapel is a space in which you may easily prove what you say by making another apostle either beside that saint peter by Massolino, or beside the saint paul of masaccio whichever you may prefer the saint peter was nearer the window and the space beside it was greater and the light better besides which it was a figure no less beautiful than the saint paul every one therefore urged perino to do it because they had a great desire to see that roman manner besides which many said that he would be the means of taking out of their heads the fancy that they had nursed in their minds for so many decades and that if his figure should prove to be the best all would run after modern works wherefore persuaded by that master who told him at last that he ought not to disappoint the entreaties and expectations of so many lofty intellects particularly since it would not take longer than two weeks to execute a figure in fresco and they would not fail to spend years in praising his labors perino resolved to do it although he who spoke thus had an intention quite contrary to his words being persuaded that perino would by no means execute anything much better than the work of those craftsmen who were considered to be the most excellent at that time perino then undertook to make this attempt and having summoned by common consent messer giovanni di pisa the prior of the convent they asked him for the space for the execution of the work which he granted to them with truly gracious courtesy and thus they took measurements of the space with the height and breadth and went away an apostle was then drawn by perino in a cartoon in the person of saint andrew and finished with the greatest diligence whereupon perino having first caused the staging to be erected was prepared to begin to paint it but before this on his arrival in florence his many friends who had seen most excellent works by his hand in rome had contrived to obtain for him the commission for that work in fresco which i mentioned to the end that he might leave some example of his handiwork in florence which might demonstrate how spirited and how beautiful was his genius for painting and also to the end that he might become known and perchance be set to work on some labor of importance by those who were then governing there were at that time certain craftsmen who used to assemble in a company called the company of the martyrs in the camaldi at florence and they had proposed many times to have a wall that was in that place painted with the story of the martyrs being condemned to death before two roman emperors who after they had been taken in battle caused them to be crucified in the wood and hanged on trees this story was suggested to perino and although the place was out of the way and the price small 
so much was he attracted by the possibilities of invention in the story and by the size of the wall that he was disposed to undertake it besides which he was urged not a little by those who were his friends on the ground that the work would establish him in that reputation which his talent deserved among the citizens who did not know him and among his fellow craftsmen in florence where he was not known save by report having then determined to do the work he accepted the undertaking and made a small design which was held to be a thing divine and having set his hand to making a cartoon as large as the whole work he never left off laboring at it and carried it so far that all the principal figures were completely finished and so the apostle was abandoned without anything more being done perino drew this cartoon on white paper well shaded and hatched leaving the paper itself for the lights and executing the whole with admirable diligence in it were the two emperors on the seat of judgment condemning to the cross all the prisoners who were turned towards the tribunal some kneeling some standing and others bowed but all naked and bound in different ways and writhing with piteous gestures in various attitudes revealing the trembling of the limbs at the prospect of the severing of the soul from the body in the agony and torment of crucifixion besides which there were depicted in those heads the constancy of faith in the old and the fear of death in the young and in others the torture that they suffer from the strain of the cords on their bodies and arms and there could also be seen the swelling of the muscles even the cold sweat of death all depicted in that design then in the soldiers who were leading them there was revealed a terrible fury almost impious and cruel as they presented them at the tribunal for condemnation and led them to the cross the emperors and the soldiers were wearing cuirasses after the ancient manner in garments very ornate and bizarre with buskins shoes helmets shields and other pieces of armor wrought with all that wealth of the most beautiful ornamentation to which a craftsman can attain in imitating and reproducing the antique and drawn with the greatest lovingness subtlety and delicacy that the perfection of art can display when this cartoon was seen by the craftsmen and by other judges of discernment they declared that they had never seen such beauty and excellence in design since the cartoon drawn by michelangelo bonorotti in florence for the council chamber where for perino acquired the greatest fame that he could have gained in art and while he was engaged in finishing that cartoon he amused himself by causing oil colors to be prepared and ground in order to paint for his dearest friend the goldsmith piloto a little picture of no great size containing a madonna which he carried something more than halfway towards completion for many years past perino had been intimately acquainted with a certain lame priest sir raffaello di sandro a chaplain of st lorenzo who always bore love to the craftsmen of design this priest then persuaded perino to take up his quarters with him seeing that he had no one to cook for him or to keep house for him and that during the time that he had been in florence he had stayed now with one friend and now with another wherefore perino went to lodge with him and stayed there many weeks meanwhile the plague began to appear in certain parts of florence and filled perino with fear lest he should catch the infection on which account he determined to go away but wished first to recompense sir raffaello for all the days that he had eaten at his table 
but sir raffaello would never consent to take anything only saying i would be fully paid by having a scrap of paper from your hand seeing him to be determined perino took about four braccia of coarse canvas and after having it fixed to the wall between two doors in the priest's little room painted on it in a day and a night a scene colored in imitation of bronze on this canvas which was to serve as a screen for the wall he painted the story of moses passing the red sea and pharaoh being submerged with his horses and his chariots perino painted therein figures in most beautiful attitudes some swimming in armor and some naked others swimming while clasping the horses around the neck with their beards and hair all soaked crying out in the fear of death and struggling with all their power to escape on the other side of the sea are moses aaron and all the other hebrews male and female who are thanking god and a number of vases that he counterfeited carried off by them from egypt varied and beautiful in form and shape and women with head-dresses of great variety which finished he left it as a mark of lovingness to ser raffaello to whom it was as dear as the priorate of st lorenzo would have been this canvas was afterwards much extolled and held in estimation and after the death of ser raffaello it passed together with his other possessions to his brother domenico di sandro the cheesemonger departing then from florence perino abandoned the work of the martyrs which caused him great regret and certainly if it had been in any other place but the camaldi he would have finished it but considering that the officials of health had taken that very convent of camaldi for those infected with the plague he thought it better to save himself than to leave fame behind him in florence being satisfied that he had proved how much he was worth in the design the cartoon with his other things remained in the possession of the goldsmith giovanni di giuro his friend who died in the plague and after that it fell into the hands of piloto who kept it spread out in his house for many years showing it readily as a very rare work to every person of intelligence but i do not know what became of it after the death of piloto perino stayed for many months in various places seeking to avoid the plague but for all this he never spent his time in vain for he was continually drawing and studying the secrets of art and when the plague had ceased he returned to rome and gave his attention to executing little works of which i shall say nothing more in the year fifteen twenty three came the election of pope clement the seventh which was the greatest of blessings for the arts of painting and sculpture which had been so kept down by adrian the sixth during his lifetime that not only had nothing been executed for him but as had been related in other places not delighting in them or rather holding them in detestation he had brought it about that no other person delighted in them or spent money upon them or employed a single craftsman then therefore after the election of the new pontiff perino executed many works afterwards it was proposed that giulio romano and giovanni francesco called il fattore should be made heads of the world of art in place of raffaello who was dead to the end that they might distribute the various works to the others according to the previous custom but perino in executing an escutcheon of the pope in fresco over the door of cardinal cicerino after the cartoon of giulio romano 
acquitted himself so excellently well that they doubted whether he would not be preferred to themselves because although they were known as the disciples of raffaello and as the heirs to his possessions they had not inherited the whole of the art and grace that he used to give to his figures with colors giulio and giovanni francesco therefore made up their minds to attach perino to themselves and so in the holy year of jubilee fifteen twenty five they gave him caterina the sister of giovanni francesco for wife to the end that the perfect friendship which had been maintained between them for so long might be converted into kinship thereupon continuing the works that he had in hand no long time had passed when on account of the praises bestowed upon him for the first works executed by him in st marcello it was resolved by the prior of that convent and by certain heads of the company of the crucifisso which has a chapel there built by its members as a place of assembly that the chapel should be painted and so they allotted this work to perino in the hope of having some excellent painting by his hand perino having caused the staging to be erected began his work and in the centre of the barrel-shaped vaulting he painted the scene when god after creating adam takes his wife eve from his side in this scene adam a most beautiful naked figure painted with perfect art is seen lying overcome by sleep while eve with great vivacity rises to her feet with the hands clasped and receives the benediction of her maker the figure of whom is depicted in grave aspect and sublime in majesty standing with many draperies about him which curve around his nude form with their borders on one side on the right hand are two evangelists st mark and st john the first of whom perino finished entirely and also the second with the exception of the head and a naked arm between these two evangelists by the way of ornament he made two little boys embracing a candelabrum which are truly of living flesh and the evangelists likewise in the heads the draperies the arms and all that he painted in them with his own hand are very beautiful while he was executing this work he suffered many interruptions from illness and from other misfortunes such as happen every day to all who live in this world besides which it is said that the men of the company also ran short of money and so long did this business drag on that in the year fifteen twenty seven there came upon them the ruin of rome when that city was given over to sack many craftsmen were killed and many works destroyed or carried away whereupon perino caught in that turmoil and having a wife and a baby girl ran from place to place in rome with the child in his arms seeking to save her and finally poor wretch was taken prisoner and reduced to paying a ransom which hit him so hard that he was like to go out of his mind when the fury of the sack had abated he was so crushed down by the fear that still possessed him that all thought of art was worlds away from him but nevertheless he painted canvases in gouache and other fantasies for certain spanish soldiers and after regaining his composure he lived like the rest in some poor fashion alone among so many bavera who had the engravings of raffaello had not lost much wherefore moved by the friendship that he had with perino and wishing to employ him he commissioned him to draw some of the stories of the gods transforming themselves in order to achieve the consummation of their loves these were engraved on copper by jacopo Caraglio, an excellent engraver of prints who acquitted himself so well in the matter of these designs that preserving the outlines and manner of perino 
and hatching the work with beautiful facility he sought also to impart in the gravings that grace and that delicacy which perino had given to the drawings while the havoc of the sack had destroyed rome and driven away the inhabitants and the pope himself who was living at orvieto not many remaining in the city and no business of any kind being done there there arrived in rome one nicola veneziano a rare and even unrivalled master of embroidery the servant of prince doria he moved by his long-standing friendship with perino and being a man who always favored and wished well to the men of our arts persuaded him to leave that misery and set out for genoa promising that he would so go to work for that prince who was a lover of art and delighted in painting that he would commission perino to execute some big works and saying moreover that his excellency had often told him that he would like to have a suite of rooms adorned with handsome decorations it did not take much to persuade perino for he was oppressed by want and burning with desire to leave rome and he determined to depart with nicola having therefore made arrangements for leaving his wife and daughter well cared for by relatives in rome and having put all his affairs in order he set off for genoa arriving there and making himself known to that prince by means of nicola his coming was as welcome to his excellency as any agreeable experience that he had had ever had in all his life he was received therefore with the greatest possible warmth and gladness and after many conversations and discussions they finally arranged that he should begin the work and they decided that he should execute a palace adorned with stucco work and with pictures in fresco in oils and of every kind which i will strive to describe as briefly as i am able with all the rooms pictures and general arrangement saying nothing as to where perino first began to labor to the end that i may not obscure his work which is the best of all those by his hand with words i begin then by saying that at the entrance of the prince's palace there is a marble portal composed in the doric order and built after designs and models by the hand of perino with all its appurtenances of pedestals sockles shafts capitals architrave frieze cornice and pediment with some of the most beautiful seated figures of women who are supporting an escutcheon the masonry and carving of this work were executed by maestro giovanni di fisiol and the figures were finished to perfection by silvio the sculptor of fisiol a bold and resolute master entering within the portal one finds over the vestibule a vault covered with stucco work varied scenes and grotesques and little arches in each of which are scenes of war and various kinds of battles some fighting on foot and others on horseback and all wrought with truly extraordinary diligence and art on the left one finds the staircase which has decorations of little grotesques after the antique that could not be richer or more beautiful with various scenes and little figures masks children animals and other things of fancy executed with that invention and judgment that always marked his work insomuch that of their kind they may well be called divine having ascended the staircase one comes into a most beautiful loju which has at each end a very handsome door of stone and over each of these doors in the pediment are painted two figures one male and the other female represented in directly opposite attitudes one showing the front view and the other the back the vaulting has five arches and is wrought superbly in stucco and it is also divided by pictures and certain ovals containing scenes executed with the most perfect beauty that could be achieved and the walls are painted down to the floor 
with many seated figures of captains in armor some drawn from life and some from imagination and representing all the ancient and modern captains of the house of doria and above them are large letters of gold which run thus magni viri maximi ducis optima fissire pro patria in the first hall which opens into the loge and is entered by one of the two doors that on the left hand there are most beautiful ornaments of stucco on the corners of the vaulting and in the centre there is a large scene of the shipwreck of aeneas in the sea in which are nude figures living and dead in attitudes of infinite variety besides a good number of ships and galleys some sound and some shattered by the fury of the tempest not without beautiful considerations in the figures of the living who are striving to save themselves and expressions of terror that are produced in their features by the struggle with the waves the danger of death and all the emotions aroused by the perils of the sea this was the first scene and the first work that perino began for the prince it is said that when he arrived in genoa girolamo da treviso had already appeared there in advance of him in order to execute certain pictures and was painting a wall that faced towards the garden and after perino had begun to draw the cartoon for the scene of the shipwreck that has been described above while he was taking his time about it amusing himself in seeing genoa and laboring only at intervals at the cartoon although a great part was finished in various ways and those nudes were drawn some in chiaroscuro some in charcoal and others in black chalk some being drawn in imitation of gradine work others shaded and others again only outlined while i say perino was going on in this way without beginning to paint girolamo da treviso murmured against him saying cartoons and nothing but cartoons i have my art at the tip of my brush decrying him very often in this or some other similar manner it came to the ears of perino who took offence straightway caused his cartoon to be fixed to the vaulting where the scene was to be painted and the boards of his staging to be removed in many places to the end that the work might be seen from below and then he threw open the hall which hearing all genoa ran to see it and amazed by perino's grand design they praised him to the skies thither among others went girolamo da treviso who saw what he had never thought to see from the hand of perino whereupon dumbfounded by the beauty of the work he departed from genoa without asking leave of prince doria and returned to bologna where he lived perino was thus left alone in the service of the prince and finished that hall painting it in oils on the surface of the walls and it was held to be as indeed it is a thing unrivalled in its beauty with this lovely work in stucco in the centre of the vaulting and all around even below the lunettes as i have described in the other hall into which one enters by the right-hand door in the loge he executed on the vaulting works in stucco almost similar in design to those of the other and painted pictures in fresco of jove slaying the giants with his thunderbolts in which are many very beautiful nudes larger than life in the heaven likewise are all the gods who are making gestures of great vivacity and truly appropriate to their natures amid the terrible uproar of the thunder besides which the stucco work is executed with supreme diligence and the fresco colouring could not be more beautiful seeing that perino was very able indeed a perfect master in that field near this he adorned four chambers the ceilings of which are all wrought in stucco and distributed among them in fresco are the most beautiful fables from ovid which have all the appearance of reality nor could any one imagine the beauty the abundance the variety and the great numbers of the little figures animals foliage 
and grotesques that are in them all executed with lively invention beside the other hall likewise he adorned four more chambers but only directing the work which was carried out by his assistants although he gave them the designs both of the stucco decorations and of the scenes figures and grotesques upon which a vast number of them worked some little and some much such as lucio romano who did much work in stucco there and many grotesques and a number of lombards let it suffice to say that there is no room there that is not something by his hand and is not full of ornaments even to the space below the vaulting with various compositions full of children bizarre masks and animals which all defies description not to mention that the little studies the antechambers the closets and all other parts of the palace are painted and made beautiful from the palace one passes into the garden and into a low building which has the most ornate decorations in all the rooms even below the ceilings and so also the halls chambers and anterooms all adorned by the same hand in this work portinone also took a part as i said in his life and likewise domenico beccafumi of siena a very rare painter who showed that he was not inferior to any of the others although the works by his hand that are in siena are the most excellent among the vast number that he painted but to return to the works that perino executed after those that he did in the palace of the prince he executed a frieze in a room in the house of gina tindoria containing most beautiful women and he did many works for various gentlemen throughout the city both in fresco and in oil colors he painted a most beautiful altarpiece very finely designed for saint francesco and another for a church called saint maria de consolacion at the commission of a gentleman of the house bacidone in which picture he painted the nativity of christ a work that is much extolled but it is placed in a position so dark that by reason of the light not being good enough one is not able to recognize its perfection and all the more because perino strove to paint it in a dark manner so that it has need of a strong light he also has made drawings of the greater part of the aeneid with the stories of dido from which tapestries were woven and he likewise drew beautiful ornaments for the poops of galleys which were carved and finished to perfection by carrado and tasso wood carvers of florence who proved excellently how able they were in that art and in addition to all these things he also executed a vast number of works on cloth for the galleys of the prince and the largest standards that could be made for their adornment and embellishment wherefore he was so loved by that prince for his fine qualities that if he had continued to serve him the prince would have richly rewarded his abilities but while he was working in genoa the fancy came to him to fetch his wife from rome and so he built a house in pisa being pleased with that city and half thinking of choosing it as his place of habitation when old age should come upon him now at that time the warden of the duomo at pisa was messer antonio di abano who had a very great desire to embellish that temple and had already caused a beginning to be made with some very beautiful ornaments of marble for the chapels of the church which had been executed by the hand of stagio da pietrasanta a very able and well-practised carver of marble removing some old clumsy and badly proportioned chapels that were there having thus made a beginning the warden proposed to fill up those ornaments in the interior with altar-pieces and oils and on the outer side with a series of scenes in fresco and decorations in stucco by the hands of the best and most excellent masters that he could find without grudging any expense that might be incurred he had already set to work on the sacristy which he had placed in the great recess behind the high altar and there the ornamentation of marble was already finished and many pictures had been painted by the florentine painter 
Giovanni Antonio Sogliani, the rest of which, together with the altarpieces and the chapels that were wanting, were finished many years afterwards by the order of Messer Sebastiano della Seta, the warden of the Duomo in those days. End of section 18. Recording by Ivan Theodore.